Hi, and welcome to Five Compelling Questions with Sean. This is the podcast where we speak with writers about writing. Um, weirdly enough, that's what that's the topic of the show. And we talk about we talk to new writers, we talk to established writers, we talk to up and coming writers, which I feel like my um, guest today falls into a couple of those categories. Um, but I'm very extremely excited to have Rachel Harrison here today. How you doing, Rachel? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I'm a fan, um, which I'm going to try not to uh, fangirl all over you the whole time. Oh, no, please. But please. I'm desperate for it. <laughs> Us writers, we, love, we have very sensitive egos. <laughs> we do. We need a lot of validation, don't we? Yes. Yes, we do. Well, I love you. So I'm very excited for that you're here, um, even though we've just met five minutes ago in person. I feel like I know you, though, because I've, I've been reading we're you for friends. a while. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're been friends forever. That's We'll just go with that. So I'm going to give you a brief introduction. Uh, Rachel Harrison was born and raised in the weird state of New Jersey, which thank you. I've lived in New Jersey. I lived in New Jersey for a while. It is weird. It's very yeah. weird. <laughs> and I can maybe see a little bit of your inspiration through living there uh, for your writing. She received her bachelor's in writing uh, for film and television from Emerson. After graduating, she worked on TV game shows um, in publishing and for a big bank. She, was it, it what's the difference between working at a big bank and a, and a game show is it different it's very different um game shows very chaotic and very long hours um and then at a big bank it's better hours a little less chaos and yeah. uh the coffee is about the same in terms of how bad it is at both places Right. So there's some commonality other than that yeah that's the yeah. common thread is bad coffee all this coffee is just never good uh, i think we're spoiled now i think it used to be like oh free coffee when you got to the office and now it's like oh this is awful but it's yeah. free yeah yeah was, that's why it's free it's so gross um and just wrapping it up you live in uh western new york with your husband and their cat slash overlord which yes. is in all of your bios so this cat um this nameless cat is very famous along with you. So with your, with your, in, in your bio, every time I looked anywhere, I saw the cat <laughs> overlord. So is it really yes. an overlord? Does it run the house? Yeah, she, it's, she calls the shots. I'm surprised right now. She is somewhere in blanket land, but usually the, the minute I'm on like a call, she'll come and sit on my lap because she's like, I need to be involved in whatever's happening here. <laughs> she yeah. definitely yeah. runs the house. So <laughs> Yeah, that's I so love cute. Her, but she's she's a she's a diva. Oh well, divas are okay. You can take diva. You you worked in TV, so you're you know you got yeah. you got you got diva training. You're good. I worked on movie sets, so I kind of got okay. a little bit of that. You know, it's just like showbiz people. Um, I have a we got a puppy during the pandemic, and uh, he just is a Zoom puppy. He thinks Zoom is what you do because he didn't know any. You know, he was like, I was we're zooming oh. again today, so. He really likes to be in the Zoom, but today he's he's got other plans. Today he's playing with friends, so he's on a play date. Um, luckily, because he's getting heavier, he's grown oh. into a large puppy, and now he's heavier. To he used to be like a little teeny thing. Oh. So, um, so we're talking today about your new book. It's called Such Sharp Teeth. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the book, please? Um, sure. So the book is about Rory Morris, who is um, a confident, independent woman in her late twenties who lives in New York City and reluctantly leaves her city life temporarily to come back to her hometown to be with her uh, identical twin sister, Scarlett, who is pregnant and recently estranged from her longtime partner. 
So Rory goes back to offer some emotional support. And when she's back, she runs into Ian, who is a friend from high school who always had a crush on her. And Rory wasn't really interested, but now there's a little bit of a spark there. And she's mulling that over when she's driving home and hits something with her car. And when she gets out to investigate, she is attacked. And um, from there, things get a little bit strange. She starts to change physically and is kind of forced to confront some things going on in her life and her past. And um, yeah, it's part rom-com, a lot of dark humor, body horror, and it's a werewolf book. Yeah. Great for this time of year, this Halloween-ish season. It's just, yes. who doesn't love like a great werewolf romance, rom-com book, you know, under the under a nice quilt with some hot cider yes. in October. I mean, it's perfect. Yes. It's just the greatest read for right now. Everyone should go immediately and buy it because it's so good. Um, and that very nicely dovetails into my first question. I love how you sort of, it's, it's not cross-genre at all, but I love how you mix different elements from different genres into your work. Um your stories are so unique. Uh, they're tinged with humor and horror. Uh, who were some of your writing influences growing up? I'm just curious to know who who may have shaped your uh, your baby writing brain when you were younger. So there's definitely like Stephen King and Shirley Jackson in terms of like the more horrifying elements. But um, I've always had a real fondness for um, Calvin and Hobbes and like this the sweetness there. Um, like um stinky cheese man like those kind of like tongue-in-cheek books and uh judy bloom too i think when it comes like the return i was always like it's kind of like judy bloom meets stephen king like that kind of um like a very female-centered like story about women's lives um women's friendships um so a little bit of a little bit of everything i think i read widely and so um my, my books reflect that. My works reflects kind of cross genres. Yeah, that's what I pick up on. And I, you know, as I read other writers, I'm always trying to figure out like, well, it's like when I listen to music, I'm always like, I wonder who their influences were. Cause I hear a little Sam Cooke in there. So, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like you just, I just like to sort of, I, I like origin stories and tracing back to, uh, but I, I, I love the Stephen King slash Judy Blue because that's what it's like. Cause there is a sweetness. There's a real sweetness to um, your stories. And, but also you're like, oh, there's also some moments where you just go, oh my God, that's terrifying. <laughs> so I love that juxtaposition. And I think that's what makes it so different and unique. And you found, you know, found a really, anything that's new, I love. I mean, I just, I'm all about that. So that's awesome. And thank you for sharing your influences. Um, question number two, officially. Your main character, Rory, goes through a physical transformation in the book, but also many emotional ones. Um, how important was the theme of transformation and acceptance of those changes you know, as we all go through life, we change and different things happen to you. Um, how how important was the theme of transformation to you when you're writing the book? Or was it at all? Maybe I'm just making that up in my head. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it was. And I think in every, you know, piece of fiction, you want your characters to change and to have a character arc, just like on a very basic, like writerly level. Like if your character doesn't change, then like what what happened what was the point you want to challenge your characters and you want to have them in a different place at the end of the book than they are at the beginning and so like functionally from like a craft perspective the arc is always important and the transformation should be 
is in every book. I think in every book that you read, you can see some sort of character growth and change. Um, but having it be a werewolf book, there's a little bit more emphasis on the transformation just because werewolves are all about transformation and mm. just how, um, how the like supernatural element of the book can complement a story about somebody like forced to confront themselves and their past and move forward. Um, I always use the supernatural as a way to kind of, it's kind of like a cheat code, like in video games, <laughs> like the supernatural is like the fun thing that helps me make it more interesting, the emotional and like more human aspect that I'm trying to explore. So when I'm describing such sharp teeth, I'm saying like, well, it's a monster book, but it's really about being human. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, you're, it's like a, you're taking a literal transformation as far, you know, supernaturally, not literal in the real yeah. world, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Fictionally, now we're getting confused, but you, and then you, of I know course, what you, you yeah. know, yeah, you, you know, you have some writers know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Of course we do. But um, yeah, I like how you sort of, it's like an echo in the rest of the book as far as her growing and changing, but you're right. You have to grow your characters and keep their readers engaged because otherwise, like you said, what's the point? Um, but you do it really um, elegantly. It's not it's not on the nose, I guess. That was the other side point I was trying to make. It's not like, oh, we're going to only talk about transformation. So it's very, it was definitely done. Very good. And so I just, this is not, this is not an official question. Have you, you're a younger generation person. Do you, are you into like the eighties horror movies? Do you, did you see like an American werewolf in, in London? Yes. Have you seen all those? Yeah. Yeah. I watched, so an American werewolf in London, the trans, to me, that's my favorite werewolf transformation scene. Yeah. And so I've watched, I watched that over and over and over again while mm -hmm. I was writing. Cause I just, I love the agony of it. Um, and I use that a lot for inspiration in the transformation scenes in the book, the physical transformation scenes. Yeah. I'm a child of the eighties. So it's really cool for me to see like the sort of the younger generation, like all oh, these, these classic <laughs> movies. I'm like, they are classic. And so am I, <laughs> so, but they're really good. There was like, yeah. it was like a golden age of horror movies back then. And it's just, they were so good. And, um, you know, we just sort of took that for granted. And I mean, there's been really good ones since then, of course, obviously, but it, there was just seemed to be like a really good string of them back then. So, um, so official question number three, uh, what is the most difficult part of the creative writing process for you? Feels like you have to think about a lot of different things when you're writing these types of books. And what is the easiest part? Do you have, what is the hardest part when you're writing? What is the easiest part creatively? The easiest part I think is sitting down with the idea and like drafting, like once I get into, like once I find the character and the voice and I'm able to like draft, that is so fun. And that's why I do it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if the hardest part of, I think the hardest part of creative writing is like sharing it with other people um, yeah. when it no longer just becomes yours. Um, that is something that I still struggle with. Um, because I like to be in my own, the easiest part is being in my own little world with it. And then the hardest part is inviting other people into that world. Um, so yeah, I think that's, but I mean, if you want to be a professional writer, you have to do the latter. So yeah. Yeah. As to, do you think it's sort of like a fear of what people are going to think of it or just sort of like, you know, you just redecorated your home and you, you're like, 
my mom, my mother-in-law is going to walk in and say, why did you pick pink pillows? Is that the, is that part of like what you're worried about? Yeah, or you a little just, bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think you just feel like, so like, get so attached to it yeah. that it's like hard to invite other people in. Um, and you feel protective of it. Um, and mm-hmm. you never know how people are going to react. So, yeah. And a little, when I sent my son off to, when you send your child off to kindergarten the first time, you're like, oh, I hope, I hope people yeah. like him. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really like him. You know, I think he's great. Yeah. No, I go to, it is hard. It is hard to sort of, you know, invite other people into your world that's been yours, you know, that you've nurtured. And how, um, that's actually another one of my questions. How long did it take you to write this book? Does it take you a really long time to conceive of these worlds or um, so how long I, does it take? I draft really fast. Um which can be good. The flip side of that is sometimes I get like halfway into a draft of a novel and being like, this doesn't work. Um, And then you just wasted, you know, a few weeks. But this book, I had the idea in early September of 2020. And I started writing in late September, like set off on my draft in late September. And I finished the draft, I think in November, it was like, this book kind of just poured out like it was very easy and very fun it's the most fun I've ever had writing um but usually it'll take me two or three months to get like my down draft and then obviously it goes through major edits and so that's like another couple months so I think probably all in all like actual working on it time probably six months Um, that's not bad that's not bad no, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty quick when I, but again, like I waste a lot of time on things that don't work because that's just kind of how my process is. I'm sure yeah. sometimes people who can really are like strong outliners or it might take them longer to get a draft, but when they're done with the draft, it's something solid that, and, and they didn't waste any time. Yeah. So yeah. do you, you would qualify yourself as sort of like a intuitive writer as opposed to a planning like we used to say pantser but I know some people you know it's not so much the seat of your pants it's more like organically do you sit down and yes. write organically is that how yeah and yeah, there's sometimes I, you can get yourself off in a wrong direction and doing that method but a lot of times it's it also opens you up to like oh I never even thought of that and yeah. like, you know but I can see the different ups and downs of both sides you know I don't like when being locked into an outline it makes me feel weird yeah same <laughs> i like I did that with one of my books and then I immediately deviated from it. And I'm like, I just wasted two weeks working on this outline and I didn't want to want to do it anymore. It's like, I've always, yeah. my brain's like, oh, we already did that. Let's do something new. So I just, I'm I the just same. gave up on it. Exactly the yeah. same. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yay. I'm so <laughs> glad I'm almost the same as you at something. <laughs> <laughs> Only one thing. Oh, no. Um, Such Great Teeth. This is another official question. Such Great Teeth is a really cool title. How did you arrive at, did you arrive at that or did the publisher, how did you arrive at that? I don't care who thought of it. It's great. <laughs> So I think for all my books, they've had like working titles and then they've changed. So the working title for Such Sharp Teeth was Meet Me in the Moonlight, um, which uh, my publisher thought was maybe too romantic, um, which is fair. And so then I like came up with like brainstormed a bunch of other titles and one of them was Such Sharp Teeth and... uh, as soon as I sent that email, I was like, I hope they like such sharp teeth because I think that's the, the, the strongest one. And so we went with that one. Um, that's awesome. But I'm I'm bad with titles. Like for me, my favorite title is Cackle. And that one I came up with and I was proud of. But for the most part, like 
I would rather write a whole novel than come up with a title. <laughs> it is tough. It is because it's, you know, and I've heard people, writers say they'd rather write a whole novel than write a, you know, a, the back cover copy or a synopsis. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's hard. It's hard to condense, you know, 300 pages down into three words or, yeah. you know, that's going to resonate and have someone be able to pick it up and sort of know what it's about. Um, I think you know what it's about when you see that title. So that was a really yeah. good choice on your part. What what does it mean for you? What is does it have any meaning behind it for you? Sharp teeth or such sharp teeth? It's a line in the book. Yeah. Um, so and the line in the book has meaning, but I won't say what the line is. Yeah. No spoilers. Yeah. My first my first one was that my first thought was uh what sharp teeth like the, the nursery rhyme. What sharp teeth you have? Yeah. Or, yeah. That's yeah, part that was of my it, first yeah. yeah, that's cool. Okay, we will not give anything away on this podcast. We will not. It's against the rules. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a bonus one in there because I'm just fascinated by your journey. Um, if you, although you're still a young a young writer on the scene, if you could tell your even younger writing self anything, what would it be? Um, I'm like I have trouble being a like happier happier when person or like happy if. Um, to be like, okay, well, if I get an agent, I'll be happy if I get an agent. I'll be happy if I get a book deal. Um, and now it's like, I'll be happy if I get an adaptation. And to just like, no benchmark is ever going to be as satisfying as having a good writing day. And I think for any, for myself and any young writer, like if you're getting up and writing every day and enjoying it, like that's truly all that matters because the things that you think matter aren't going to feel the way you think they're going to feel when you oh, get there. I love that. That is such a great answer and it's very inspiring. Oh, that's, that's perfect. I'm so glad I asked you a bonus <laughs> question. You were perfect. All right. Now you got to do the quiz. Um, you got to do the wait. rapid fire quiz. I'm just, ready. I'm ready. <laughs> just got to do it. I think um, the first one I'm going to guess the answer because you're no one can see you, but you're all bundled. You have a, like a winter, you're all bundled up, even though you're indoors. <laughs> so all right, ready. Here's the quiz. Number one, summer or winter? Summer. <laughs> that was my guess. You have a knit hat. You look very, you're adorable. You have a knit I hat live on. in Western New York. So yeah. It's cold. Yeah. I'm in Maryland and I'm cold. I'm I'm bundled up too. It's freezing. Okay. Number, and it's not that cold. It's like maybe it's 60, yeah. but I grew up in Florida. So everything under 60 is yeah. like, oh, it's, it might as well be the tundra. Um, okay. Number two, sweet or savory? Sweet. Well, you are very sweet. Oh, we talked you. about sweet already. All right, number three. I, I know I'm just joking. That was a weird. That was a dumb pun. All right, number three. Comedy or drama? Comedy. Yeah. I used yeah. to be more into drama, but like the world got too bleak, and now I just need comedy. Like I used to. Like I used to watch all the Oscar mo movies like back to back. I would, and now I'm like, if this movie makes me feel bad, I have to turn it off and like watch Bake Off. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't Same. handle can't handle the drama anymore i need levity yeah well i'm exactly we've we have very similar tastes because i do the same thing with the um with the movies for the academy awards and it's one of my favorite uh episodes of i think it was 30 rock and tracy jordan so i'm starring in a new in a new movie they're gonna they're thinking it's gonna win an oscar it's called hard to watch yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah i was like exactly yeah <laughs> like, these are the ones that win and they are hard to watch see i was trying to pepper in bake off or um old episodes of friends or something in between because yeah. I can't take it. Um, but they are, yeah, it's hard. 
but yeah, you're right. When the world seems like it's crashing in on you, it's harder to watch those ones on top of it. So I get it. All right. Number four, this will be easier. Um, early bird or night owl? Early bird. Are you? Yeah. Up and write in the morning? Are you a writer in the morning? Or are you a yeah. chiller in the morning? I'm sharper in the morning. And when I, I, I used to, when I was at my bank job, the only time I could really like write was like, and feel good about myself. Like I couldn't move on with my day unless I woke up early and wrote. So I would write at like 4.35 in the morning. Um, That's dedication. So, yeah. So now I can sleep in until like six, <laughs> which is nice. But yeah, I'm sleep by my like consciousness just like slowly deteriorates the longer I'm awake. So by like 8 p.m. I'm nonverbal. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of myself as like a iPhone battery that hasn't been charged all day. And then, yeah. the end, you know, I'm like, okay, that's a glass of wine and staring at Bake Off yeah. <laughs> and then bed with sleeping in till six is uh that's impressive. That's very um dedicated. You're a dedicated person. Are you writing full time now or do you still do other things now? Yes. It was a like pandemic downsizing moved out of New York city into the the burbs kind of situation. So now I'm writing full time. I would like, and then it was the pandemic. So I couldn't really go out and find a different, um, I didn't really have an opportunity to go find a different job. So I would like to go back to work because I think writing, just writing is a lot of pressure for my, for my anxiety self. Um, but as of now, yeah, I'm just, just writing. Yeah, a lot of people um left the city at that time. So that well, you're not you weren't alone in that, that's for sure. We were planning before, so it kind of worked out. Um, but I went back recently and I was like, I'm out of practice being here. <laughs> I like went to get a bagel and there was like a line around the block and I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot about lines. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm Definitely. used to going somewhere and not waiting in line. Pulling up outside in your car and like finding a yeah. spot right outside. Yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I lived in the the city for almost ten years, right out of college, and I, the, you know, it's my first adult sort of jobs and everything was up there. And then I moved, you know, I'm only like three and a half, four hours south in Maryland, and um, and I go up, you know, my sister went to the CIA, so I mean, we were both there. She was a chef in the city, yeah, and stuff like that. But it's kind of like it's just, you know, we have a nice little city here, and it's like my speed these days. I'm like, this, so, I could just like go get something. It's fine. Yeah, like, I don't have to worry yeah. about it, you know. But I do miss the vibe, the vibe from the city for sure. But I like the now that I'm a more established, you know, an established adult with a child and everything. It's kind of nice just to be able to go get something and not have to fight through a line or you it's know. nice to visit and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I it's a the place to live for me like I when I was young and had energy it was good and now I'm just like I need a dishwasher like yeah. I can't and yeah. I'm not like a, I don't I never was big on going out so it didn't make sense for me to be there yeah so I was like I on a Saturday night my favorite place to be is on the couch so with a horror movie yeah. and your cats yeah, for sure. I get it. Yeah, I miss. I don't. I don't ever want to be that far away from it, but I don't need to live in it. You know, I want yeah. to be able to go there and stuff. And my friends are there, and so, well, that's great. And you're, you know, you're still New York. You're a New Yorker. Yeah. You're good. All right, last one: coffee or tea? Coffee. Yeah. All day. Yeah. Part of the day. Um, coffee in the morning, and then I'll do like tea after in the afternoon. Same. Um, we could but... we could hang out. We could yeah. totally hang out. <laughs> We're very similar. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're basically the same person. Um, just kidding. Though I just can't. I'm so excited that you were able to come on the show. 
Uh, what is, so are you going, we, we've established that you're a homebody and you're in New York, but are you going on book tour? Are you doing a lot of events surrounding the release? How's it going with, what's going on with that? I was in Jersey last Tuesday for the launch, a really great um, indie bookstore called the Asbury Park Book Co-op uh, in Asbury oh, Park, cool. New Jersey, which is the coolest. Um, yeah. And then I went to New York Comic-Con and now I'm recovering. <laughs> um, and then I... I'm doing a local event at a Barnes and Noble in Pittsburgh, New York on Saturday, and then going back to the city, I'm taking the train. It's going to be a long train ride. Um, on Monday, October 17th, I'm doing an event with Isabel Canas, who wrote The Hacienda. Yeah. And then um, hanging out for a little bit. And then the first weekend of November, I'm going to be in Richmond, Virginia for an event called The Halloween Hangover. And there's going to be a bunch of horror authors at the Barnes and Noble Libby Place in Richmond, Virginia. Um, oh, that's, that's awesome. Friday, I want to say November 4th and Saturday, November 5th. It's the first weekend in November. Um, so that's going to be really fun. And then I'll probably hibernate until next <laughs> fall. <laughs> yeah, it's the holidays after that. Yeah. Um, well, Richmond's awesome. It's not too far from me. I actually am part of a group that does live reading uh, North of our events down there. Oh, so yeah. We'll a, yeah. Yeah. With, um, Sean Cosby's in our group and we have a great oh, time. Cool. We just do it at bars and it's really fun. So, but we haven't done it in a really long time because, you know, the pandemic, but yeah. we're getting, we're going to ramp back up again. So, um, but yeah, Richmond's a fun town. It's really cool. You'll enjoy it. If you haven't been there, I mean, maybe go. you've already been there, but I it's, went it like is a fun once one. when I was like nine. So yeah, it'll be fun to go back. And um, Clay Cloud Chapman's going to be there and he's from Richmond and his recent book, Ghost Eaters is set there. And so oh, cool. I'm oh, Ghost Eaters. I'll have to pick that one up. I'll definitely have to. Uh... Yeah. That one's, that is like, if you're looking for a scary book, like really scary, proper scary, mm. that's the one to go to this October. Well, I'm a giant, gigantic Stephen King fan. I gra I dragged all of his books to like college with me and then New York City. I'm like a nerd. I'm like, I've already read them, but I have to have them with me. Um, so I'm always looking for, especially this time of year, for some reason, I always want to just want to pick up a, I'll just reread, re you know, Shirley Jackson, just because I feel like it's October. Um, but yeah, I'm always looking for new, new uh, horror writers. So I will have you, um, check it, check it out. Have you read um, Mary, An Awakening of Terror by Nat Cassidy? Not. he has a, like it's a great book it's scary and nat cassidy has like a very stephen king vibe you can tell okay. that he's like a child of stephen king but that's a really good book too and that's scary so those are two that i recommend for if you want to be scared like shivering under the covers this october okay i'm not just saying this i'm gonna literally when we hang up i'm gonna go get those books and read them because yay there's no keep, higher keep compliment than when somebody <laughs> Yeah. That's a book that you recommend. Exactly. So you. And let me know what you think. I will. I will. And I'm not, like I said, I'm definitely going to get them right now. Well, thank you so much for coming. I'm just thrilled that you were able to take the time to be with me today. And I love the book. Um, I think everyone else will too. So everyone needs to run out and buy Such Sharp Teeth by Rachel Harrison, who's a wonderful person to chat with. Maybe we can do this again. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to put you on my regular rotation because I need to yes, find out what you're reading. October. So I can... <laughs> yeah. yeah, our scary one. It'll be our, our Halloween tradition. We'll just do it. Well, thank you again. I, um, I hope you have a great rest of your day and all the best of luck with everything. Um, not just the book, with everything, with everything you're doing. So thank enjoy. You. you too. You too. All right. So have a, oh, good. Good, good. Well, thanks for coming and have a great day. You too. Stay cozy. <laughs> <laughs> thanks.